0: The giving from our business and individual members has resulted in over $380 million in certified giving to organizations at the front line fighting for the protection of our planet.
1: Welcome to the Responsibly Different podcast, sharing stories and insights from people harnessing purchasing power to improve the world. Did you know only 3% of philanthropic giving goes to environmental causes? We pay taxes to maintain our infrastructure, provide education to future generations, and contribute to our collective good. So why don't we pay a tax to the very planet that sustains our existence? Enter 1% for the Planet. On today's show, I sat down with Celine Miranda, the business account manager for Eastern North America and global members at 1% for the Planet. She shares with us how the 1% for the Planet certification works and how it works in tandem with B Corp certification and climate neutral certification. Can you share with us a little bit about your journey to working for 1% for the Planet?
0: Would love to, um, because I feel like it's very similar to many people who are listening to your podcast. It started with Let My People Go Surfing. I, you know, was introduced to the concept of social responsibility and business as a source of good through working retail at the Patagonia Outlet in Santa Cruz, California, and then later in Freeport, Maine. So my background is actually in marine science. I wanted to be a marine biologist And just ended up working for Patagonia after college to kind of like bridge the gap between my internships and was so blown away by the company, by its ethos, by this stance that you as a business could be a force of good for climate activism. So one of the many perks about being a a Patagonia employee is their environmental internship program. Essentially, employees from all levels of the company are allowed up to two months away of their regular roles to work for an environmental program of their choice and continue to earn their paycheck and benefits. Imagine being a small grassroots organization and Patagonia is like, we're going to send an intern to go work for you for free for two months. And you as an intern get that experience and then get to come back and share your stories. It brings a more connection to the mission that we're in planet. We're in business to save our home planet. And so I was really inspired by this program and wanted to learn more about other businesses like Patagonia, other B Corp businesses. So I connected with who was the East Coast business manager at the time for 1% for the planet, designed a program to engage locally in Maine where I was based and connect with the 1% community there through community engagement, through retention and acquisition, essentially helping her grow the local community because she was based in Boston. And I'm still connected to a lot of those members today um, from that work three years ago. And then after that program ended, 1% for the Planet had an opening in that department. I applied, went through the application process, and was hired as a full-time employee.
1: Oh my gosh, that's amazing. That is so cool. So can you share with us a little bit about how One Percent for the Planet got started? I mean, I know it, I feel like it has roots in Yvonne Chenard and and uh, let my people go surfing to some extent.
0: Yes. Yeah, so One Percent for the Planet, we like to say, was born on the banks of the Madison River, where Yvonne, in two thousand and two, and his good friend Craig Matthews, they were on a annual fishing trip, were really looking out at the ecosystem around them, taking it all in, and having this realization that. Businesses have a responsibility to protect the resources, its ecosystem, um, the planet that allows it to do business, kind of like an earth tax. And that's where they decided in that moment on that trip, they're going to give 1% of sales of their prospective businesses to protect these natural landscapes. And that was a huge commitment because that was based regardless of if they were profitable or not that year. And that's kind of how the idea started.
1: That's awesome. And I'm curious, is Yvonne Chenard still uh, involved with 1% today? Or or what does his involvement look like?
0: Yeah, well, so at the point of his life, you know, he's a little bit older, but we are really blessed to have him when we can at speaking opportunities, um, global discussions, we actually had both him and Craig Matthews, our co founder, at our annual global summit this past March in Los Angeles to give our keynote speech and conversation. And the reason that was such a monumental experience is because we were celebrating our 20th anniversary. And I just being there and seeing Yvonne and Craig look out at the crowd before them, thinking about that moment on the Madison River. I don't think either of them expected 1% for the planet to become what it is today. So that was a really wonderful moment for us in taking that vision forward and then to remember where it started.
1: I'm curious what does the the work of the actual organization of 1% for the planet look like.
0: So, 1% for the planet is a global organization that exists to ensure our planet and future generations thrive. So, what does that mean? At a high level, we certify environmental giving directly from our business and individual members to grassroots and nonprofit organizations who are at the front line of solving some of the today's most like pressing climate issues. So we're really founded to prevent greenwashing for our business members and provide accountability. We're kind of like an accountability partner, you know, and those certified funds from those businesses and individuals support a diverse Organizational organizations collectively can be more powerful in solving our world's most pressing thoughts. I mean, we talk about collective action all the time.
1: Oh, I'm so curious. I I, I would love to hear a little bit more about that uh, collective action piece. I'm curious, what do y'all have cooking right now?
0: <laughs> well, I think there's really strength in numbers, right? So, you know, when we talk about the growth of one percent for the planet, you're looking at a community that today is over five thousand business members strong globally. And that also incl- the, you know separate from our 1000 individual members. And the collective action of the the giving from our business and individual members has resulted in over 380 million dollars in certified giving to organizations at the front line fighting for the protection of our planet.
1: Wow. Wow. Well, that's incredible. And it's so neat to hear it quantified in that way. Um, that's really incredible. Uh, I, you know, and I think too, and, and you kind of touched on this a little bit when kind of explaining what 1% of the planet is and kind of the vision for it as like a a tax for, on behalf of the planet. But I think that there's still a lot of like general misunderstanding out in the public about what it means to give 1% to the planet. Because sometimes you'll see companies will say, you know, we give 10% of profits or, you know, 1% of profits or whatever. And I, and I know that the 1% for the planet is a much bigger commitment than I think a lot of folks realize. Can you dispel some of that for us and define exactly what 1% for the planet commitment is?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm happy to also go into a bit of the mechanics around business membership as well. So For our business members, the 1% commitment is based on your annual gross sales. So not profits, but total revenue. And then our business model is rooted in direct giving. So members choose to support organizations that best support, that are best aligned with their values, their brand, their sustainability goals. And so the donations go directly to our nonprofit network. There's no middleman. So... You know, again, that comes into just we are playing that accountability part and really ensuring that 1% commitment. And then what I think really makes the membership unique is our flexibility. So up to 50% of that annual 1% commitment for our business members can be met through non-monetary forms of giving. So this can include discounted or donated products or services, it can include time, like volunteering with your local charities or, you know, have hiring staff to go out and volunteer for an event. It can also include approved promotional support. The approved promotional support is a program that's been around, you know, first since day one. We've really embellished it more. But essentially, members can place ads on behalf of their 1% commitment or talking about their 1% for the Planet membership or even their nonprofit partners and the ad cost can count towards that giving in that 50% non-monetary form. So all of that is business membership kind of at a high level.
1: Oh, that's so cool. And so I'm curious like with those volunteer hours, how do you quantify that as is it whatever their hourly wage is is the is the cost when you're calculating it as part of the 1% or how I'm just so curious what that math looks like.
0: Yeah, so we allow businesses to either choose our value system, which is $29 US dollars per hour, or to disclose their hourly rate of their their employee's, salary, their employees. So they can choose either one to report.
1: Oh, that's so cool. That's so neat. And I feel like that makes it so a little bit more accessible for folks too and kind of incentivizes that there are multiple ways to get involved with a cause and, and have impact. Absolutely. Um, that's amazing. So how does becoming a member work?
0: It's actually fairly simple <laughs> you um, if you're a prospective business or an individual member and you want to learn about you know our membership options you just go online to our website there's a lovely section that says join you fill out a brief non-binding application and that just lets us know kind of more about your business industry type you know expected revenue things like that um, where you're located. And then my onboarding team will follow up, see if you have any additional questions, they'll share an overview deck, and create basically a contract for you to sign. So once the contract is signed, we also have an activation fee, as well as membership dues, similar to B-Lab. But both of those dues and fees count towards your 1% commitment with us. It's not separate because we look at it as this is part of your 1% commitment. It is going to us to support the work that we do in offering certification, in offering storytelling, that network connection, but it's not in addition to your 1%. So once you sign and pay, you're good to go. You're welcomed in.
1: Oh my goodness, that's amazing. Um, I- I'm curious, what do you see as some of the largest or most common hurdles for businesses in making the commitment? And how have you seen folks kind of navigate through those challenges?
0: Yeah, I actually really love this question because I think it's relevant to a lot of discussions we saw over the last two years of the pandemic. And one of the things I started when I started working at 1% for the planet, I was part of our onboarding and acquisition team originally. And the two most common hurdles that I came across in my discussions, one of them was that 1% commitment of sales. You know, I think of if you are starting out as a business or a first-time business, you know your first two years or more are not going to be profitable. So that idea that you're going to have to allocate 1% of sales out to charities, that's a real tangible commitment. But usually when I tell folks about this 50% non-monetary option, especially the marketing aspect, you know, I'm saying, you're probably already going to have a marketing budget for your business, you can just include some of those assets with your 1% commitment. And there you go. You've already taken care of 50% of that commitment without having to change your model. So that's usually a way I can kind of bring people in to think a little bit more about it. And then the second I often hear is many businesses assume the 1% commitment, you know, it has to go to traditional environmental causes, right? So they won't have funds to support diverse, social or equity related organizations. But what I like to let people know is that our nonprofit network is over 55,500 organizations across the, the world. And, you know, it's we understand the intersectionality that exists between ensuring our planet and people thrive, right? And specifically being aware that marginalized communities, those that are disproportionately impacted by the climate crisis, you know, they're they're more impacted. So when we think about who we're partnering with or you know, our goal is to create a kind of multifaceted approach that addresses both environmental and social causes because they're connected. So if you're a business that is worried those funds aren't going to be allocated to organizations that you would normally want to partner with, I would encourage you to go online and check out our directory, type in an organization you'd like to support and see if it's there. And one other thing I like to mention, as a business member, you're able to recommend nonprofits to join our network. So you've made the commitment, you've signed on, you found some great environmental programs you want to support, but you really found this awesome local organization that you're like, I think it aligns, Celine. I'd love to invite them in to benefit from your network. You can make that recommendation and they fill out an application. They'll get reviewed against our eligibility criteria. And if they're brought in, you just expanded our network. What a powerful way for businesses to build that personal connection.
1: That is so cool. And so so I imagine businesses can also use that network to discover organizations that they'd want to support, right?
0: Absolutely. One of the you know kind of perks of being a business member is that we have so many resources and tools to help you think about which partners you want to support and we have a lot of different ways and approaches and strategic thinking to help narrow down, you know, that 5000 plus list to a list of maybe 10. That align with your values and your brand goals.
1: That's really cool. And I'm curious too, I kind of want to circle back to that, that 50% marketing piece. So is that that marketing, is that marketing on behalf of the nonprofit? I'm just so curious, like what are some of the guardrails around that?
0: Yeah, so I guess I'll kind of go into the intent of that program. We know a lot of small grassroots organizations, local communities don't have a marketing budget because they're busy (laughs) doing the work, right? But as a business, you often do. So this is a way where you can leverage that marketing budget, that platform that you have to bring awareness to an organization, like whether it's talking about your 1% for the planet commitment. So you're bringing awareness to 1% for the planet in our community, or you're talking about a nonprofit and their project. And then that's a platform that organization may not have had access to before and now Mm. they're being brought into an entirely different space and that could say oh people like oh wait i've never heard of this project i'm going to check out their website i want to see what they're doing and maybe that increases their donors that year
1: oh that's so cool okay that's awesome um and and i'm curious in terms of the the actual like joining and, and membership pieces Is it like B Corp certification where you have to recertify every year, every couple of years? Or or what does that look like?
0: We do have an annual certification. So, you know, it's 1% of annual sales. So at the end of every fiscal year, our business members will receive, you know, an update for us that says, all right, it's the end of your fiscal year. We need to see receipts um, for proof of your giving from the nonprofits as well as some kind of sales report that lets us know this was your your sales for that year. And then, you know, once you've submitted that documentation, you're good to go.
1: So it, it sounds like, like it's fairly straightforward then, essentially.
0: Pretty easy. The only difficult part is when you're someone who doesn't track all your receipts, and then you're scrambling at the end of the year to collect all of your receipts.
1: <laughs> Fair. <laughs> That makes sense. Um, Speaking of B Corp, I know 1% and B Corp certification tend to go hand in hand. Uh, Can you share with us a little bit about what the relationship between B Lab and 1% for the planet is like?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I know you and your audience probably are aware that B Corp certification, it's a designation that a business is meeting high standards of verified performance, accountability, transparency, all good things. So- Being a 1% for the planet business member can contribute and help meet some of those high standards and provide credibility to your charitable actions and commitments as a business. You know, this really, again, ties into the flexibility of our model. So allows members to donate to the causes that align with their goals. So many B1s, as we refer to them, may choose, you know, organizations that are Related to the Im- impact assessment and the area that they want to increase their points on, right? So it can it can further provide that credibility. Um, the other thing I'll mention: the B Lab Global Partners are approved one percent for the planet nonprofit partners. So your submission and certification fees that you pay to B Lab can also count as part of your one percent for the planet commitment.
1: Oh, okay. Okay, that's cool. That's really cool.
0: I- I'm curious too. I feel
1: like in that same vein, and this came up recently at um, at a conference uh, at the New England Build. I, I feel like frequently it's B Corp certification, one percent for the planet, and climate neutral. Mm-hmm. Do you- can you speak a little bit about climate neutral and what that is, and how they play with with you and B Corp certification?
0: So. Climate Neutral was co-founded by a 1% for the Planet member, Peaks Design, and the whole idea is to help businesses offset their carbon and become neutral, essentially. Um, that's their kind of goal. So because Climate Neutral is a nonprofit, is a charity themselves, you know, this kind of ties into that flexibility of our model. We have a business that says, okay, Celine, I want to allocate my 1% commitment towards carbon offsets so that I can integrate a carbon certification into my, you know, business DNA. I'll say, great. We work with a lot of nonprofits that do that, like carbon, like climate neutral. So you can, you know, go through the process with climate neutral, you know, donate to them, go through their fees, that giving is a donation in our minds because they're a nonprofit. So it counts towards your 1% commitment. I know it helps your B B Lab impact assessment. So they're all working towards the same goal of really ensuring your stakeholders and customers are aware of the action you're taking within your business, right? It's another form of illustrating your values, which is pretty wonderful.
1: That is. That is really cool. And so climate neutral, though, so does that mean So carbon offsets would count towards carbon neutral or does it mean like stopping your business practice from producing carbon in the first place? Or is it all kind of one like just different ways at the same thing?
0: So climate neutral has vetted projects that capture that they've identified that are credible to capture carbon or like count towards a credible carbon credit. And so they do have... I know they they have a 1% for the planet package where you, the partners that they work for those carbon credits are other approved nonprofit partners. And so if you're a 1% for the planet member, you can partner with Climate Neutral. You know that your money is going towards these, you know, vetted nonprofits. And then you are, you know, paying to, ha- to support them. And that comes as a carbon credit. Now we don't, there's a lot of, Conversation about carbon offsets. I don't want to be, you know, ignoring that because it is a larger discussion, especially when we think about indigenous communities. And you know, IEN has a a stance on carbon credits as well, and offsetting and an equity piece to it. So for us, you know, because our main role is certifying donations, and we know that, you know, carbon offsetting is a trend that a lot of businesses are. Are getting into, and I don't think, I don't think that measuring your carbon should be something as a business you stop to do. There are many ways you can do it, right? There's many ways you can get active, but our, our goal is to really say, here are the breadth of people that are engaged in that work, whether it's IEN and their stance on carbon offsets, whether it's climate neutral. So I'm going to show you all of the different industry leaders in that space and allow my business to make the decision that supports their goals and their brand.
1: That makes sense. And what is IEN?
0: The inner, the Indigenous Environmental Network. They're incredible. Highly recommend checking them out.
1: Oh, way cool. Awesome. I, I'm curious, what have been some of your favorite wins for the planet that you've seen come to fruition because of the work of 1% for the planet?
0: I think the numbers I shared earlier, I mean, being 5,000 strong, million certified, that's really tangible numbers. For me, one of the biggest wins has been um, last year, we really tipped the scale and became more international than we were companies based in the U.S. So we saw a lot of growth in our global diversity. And within the business scope as well, 65 different industries have signed on you know, from product line to um, member-based services, there are a breadth of industries and businesses that are saying, we can make a 1% commitment. Because our CEO often says, everyone has a 1%. And I think that just shows, regardless of the industry that your business is in, regardless of your sustainability views, anyone can participate in this movement. And there is an opportunity for you to make it uniquely yours. And I think that really speaks to the work that we're doing.
1: You know, I, I think something, too, that can be really uh, valuable for an organization is to develop those kind of long-standing relationships with their donors. Do you find that a lot of members of One Percent for the Planet pick one organization to donate to and develop those relationships? Or, or, or I mean, I imagine, I mean, does it, Very widely or are some folks like, you know, we're going to do organization of the month or I'm just so curious, different ways you've seen folks go about that and that kind of relationship building.
0: Yeah, I will say we have a lot of creative business members and our flexibility allows for that. So it totally varies by business, by their scale, by their metrics, by their goals. You know, businesses will probably often proportionally scale their number of nonprofit partners to their size and growth and they may increase the number of nonprofits they support as their budget and impact goals diversify right and they also may try different strategies year over year to see what resonates with their their stakeholders what resonates with their employees you know they may want to do one year of a lot of employee engagement and so they focus heavily on volunteer opportunities or there may be you know a cause that comes up like a natural disaster that they want to allocate a lot of their funds to that year and so most they're going to you know go into their budget and have most of those funds supporting that natural disaster or that particular cause we saw a lot of that momentum happen during the pandemic as well as with the murder of George Floyd was supporting a lot of environmental justice focused organizations because there was a need there. So it truly, truly varies. But I will say I have seen really high impact come out of mutually beneficial, long lasting relationships. And if you are a business that can offer a nonprofit consistent annual funding year over year, that makes a huge difference in their planning um, and their budgeting.
1: I'm curious, do you have any advice for businesses on how to identify, build, and maintain those meaningful relationships with with local nonprofits?
0: At 1% for the planet, we believe trust should be the center of how collectively we address power and build equity for our planet in our future, right? So. The tenets of trust-based philanthropy, which is what we try to embody when we talk about philanthropic giving, it rests on the assumption that those closest to the problem know the best solutions. So when you partner with a charity in a true partnership, you should find do it in a way that prioritizes the nonprofit's needs and recommendations overall. Because that's gonna to lead to the most success and that's gonna drive the most impact. They are the experts in in this project and in solving the issue at hand. So allow them to make the decision.
1: That's awesome. That makes sense. I'm curious too, in addition to one percent for the planet, what other business certifications would you encourage folks to explore if they are looking to use business as a force for good?
0: I know we've already talked to a few. We have B Corp, we have climate neutral, we've got Fair Trade. It really depends on your business unique goals and circumstances, right? But this is where the power of third-party certifications can come into play because they prevent greenwashing. We know that consumers right now, they are on it. They want to see and support businesses that are supporting their aligned vision and goals and, and their values. So again, certifications are just another way to showcase your business values and what is important to you. And again, so what I love about the 1% for the planet commitment being rooted in direct giving, you know, often the fees you pay to these certification bodies can count towards your 1% commitment. As we mentioned, if you want to um, integrate a carbon offsetting certification into your business model, partner with Climate Neutral. It's a way to showcase we're tracking carbon. It counts towards your 1% commitment. It's a message that you can share with your stakeholders. So it's really up to you on deciding how you want to allocate those funds based on your business goals and alignment.
1: That makes a lot of sense. I like that they all kind of, they're all friends. They all kind of play nice together. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's all going towards the same goal, which is bettering our planet and keeping it alive for our future generation.
1: Now, if folks are listening and they're super jazzed and they're like, oh my gosh, sign me up, uh, what are their next steps?
0: If you're ready to go and you can join Reminder at any Time, you know, I would go to 1% for the planet.org and it is spelled out. So O N E P E R C E N T for the planet and select that join button. Join the movement, whether as an individual or as a business member and take the opportunity to learn more about it. Well, and now
1: here's a question, too. So for folks that, like, let's say, you know, so take Deergo Collective as an example, right? Like, right, we we run, our fiscal year runs on the calendar year. So we're halfway through the fiscal year. If we were to say, yes, we're in, is it based on last year and last year's giving? Or do you make a, com- like, how, like, what does that look like? How does that work?
0: I love that you asked that question. We do prorate membership the first year. So if you're a new business and you're joining in Q3, Q4 of your business fiscal year, your membership will be prorated. So you're only going to essentially make a donation for the revenue and sales that's aligned with that, you know, prorated amount. You're not expect because you only joined 1% of the planet halfway through.
1: I see. So you say, okay, yes, we're joining, we're making this commitment. And then your donations, is it from the moment you join that your donations through have to add up or are you looking backwards and saying, okay, we're going to make a donation based on the first six months? Like how, like how does, yeah. Yeah. It's a little it confusing. <laughs> I, yeah. Cause I could see like if we were in January, it'd be like, oh, we'll just look back at last year and see what we did. And you know, but then yeah. also thinking about wanting to plan and set that stuff up yep. for success. Like what, how does that?
0: Yeah. So at the end of your fiscal year, I should mention you have 120 days to complete your certification. So that includes making donations. So even if you join in July, which is halfway through your fiscal year, you're not going to know your end-of-year revenue until the new year. Mm -hmm. So at that point in time, you'll have four months to look at what the 1% commitment is and make those donations, organize your volunteer events, um, do your marketing, and then submit the receipts.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. So it is a little bit of projecting out.
0: Yeah. And and you do a little bit have to project out because, you know, I don't think you want to wait until the end of your year to start your giving. Um, I definitely always encourage my members if they can to just start integrating the mentality into their brand right away and think about, okay, who are some of What are the ways that we want to activate and show up? Is it volunteering? Do we have some marketing we can plan out ahead of time? Is there an in-kind opportunity? Like we have an auction every year during the fall. So members can donate to our auction every year. Benefits go directly to 1% for the planet to support our work. So there's a lot of different ways throughout the year you can activate um, as well.
1: That's really cool. Any closing thoughts or advice?
0: Um. Since we are recording this in June and we've been celebrating Pride Month. I know Portland, Maine just had their big Pride parade over the weekend. It was so incredible. I would love to leave your audience with, you know, someone I admire, um, Patty Gonia. They're an incredible intersectional um, activist and drag queen. Uh, They spoke at our Global Summit and left us with four lessons from a drag queen
1: oh my gosh i love this so So, i'm so excited about this um
0: the first is we fight for what we love so it's all about relationships and fighting for our interconnected future the second come out of the closet and put on your boots (laughs) your lived experience is your superpower And we have a role to play in advancing equity, justice, liberation for a better future. So find the work that is uniquely available to you and put on your boots. The third, strut your stuff. Make space for imperfect action. Perfectionism is overrated. Try, fail, and try again on your journey to make change. It's not going to be perfect. And that's okay. Strut with it. And then finally, find your drag family. Diversity is the most critical element for a thriving ecosystem, and we all depend on one another. So find a community to lean on is essential in taking um, essential action. The most beautiful work we do is the work we do together. Patagonia.
1: Oh, my gosh. I love that so much. And if folks don't follow uh, Patagonia on Instagram, you 100% should because it will just fill your heart with joy. Always. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But wait, there's more. After we ended the recording, Celine and I started chatting about Deargo Collective and our interest in pursuing one percent for the Planet certification, and what has historically held us back from doing so. And we decided to turn back on the recording and share this little nugget, hoping that it's helpful to you as well. I'll repeat too. So we were just chatting. I, I we we stopped the recording, but I'm, I'm excited. We're, we were just chatting. Uh, this feels important to share with with y'all. Um one of the things, you know, Deergo has has been very interested in it, but part, part of what makes it hard for us is, is we're very much a pass-through for funds because a lot of our businesses placing media buys. So our clients give us their media dollars and we place that money for them. And so a million dollars comes through, but that does not it's not our money, but it looks like we've sold a million dollars worth of stuff. Um, and so I'm just so curious, how do companies that have that kind of pass through, how do they navigate?
0: I mean, great question. We work with 65 different industries. This is a common question for us. Pass through costs are not part of your business revenue, Oh, you know, because we're really looking at what is the revenue your business is bringing in. So when you submit your end-of-year reports, you can exclude those pass-through costs or just let us know like, hey, this was a pass-through cost. It's not part of our end-of-year total revenue.
1: Oh, so then you would essentially, so I'm just thinking like logistically for us, we would pull a report of Mm -hmm. all of our uh, services sold, right? So all of the time that we've sold and, and then the expenses against that and that would be, that would actually be our number. Oh, yes, that makes so much more sense. Okay. Okay, cool. That's mm-hmm. amazing.
0: It's a really it's a really accessible model. I mean, it's so easy and but again, it it's it, I shouldn't say easy. It is a commitment. It's 1% of revenue. That is never an easy commitment, but it is accessible if you are wanting to be a part of it.
1: That makes sense. I mean, and that was something that really stood out to me when I listened to um Let My People Go Surfing was how Yvonne really talks about it being, and you mentioned this at the top, that it really is a tax that, you know, if you have a really crummy year, like you still, whether or not you made profit, you still impacted the planet. You still owe the planet that expense, uh, which I think is a really cool mindset.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there is no business on a dead planet, hands down. So you know, I think we getting into that mindset of looking at this as your earth tax, you pay taxes to the government, you pay taxes to a bunch of different things. What about the support you're giving to the planet for the resources that it's providing you and the care it, and it's providing you as well?
1: Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I have links in the show notes for you to check out if you want to learn more about 1% for the Planet or any of the other uh, fun things that Celine and I discussed in this episode. You can find the full show notes at the link in your podcast player's notes for this episode. If you're enjoying this content, be sure to follow us on Instagram at responsibly different, where we are currently ramping up our posting of insights and actionable steps you can take on your journey to using business as a force for good. And in Instagram stories, we frequently share updates from other social enterprises to keep you informed on how others are showing up in this space. Find us at responsibly different till next time. Be responsibly different. This episode was produced by yours truly, Ben Marine, and the music was written and performed by our very own Kevin Oates. To learn more about Responsibly Different and access the other resources we have available to you, visit responsiblydifferent.com. To learn more about our parent company, Dirigo Collective, and responsibly different ventures, visit dirigocollective.com. That's D-I-R-I-G-O collective.com.